in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 652 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live in the Les Schwab studio. Happy Thanksgiving, Ron and Don Nation. Yeah, hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Ron and I are going to take a moment, talk about what we're thankful for uh, this time of year. In fact, we're going to do that in the first segment. Ron doesn't know that, so Ron, hurry up. Come up with something you're thankful for. Hopefully hopefully I'm in there. Uh, Also, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Elf on the Shelf, and then also let's talk about... Something that kind of spurs real estate uh, this time of year. Something that you may not be thankful for, or maybe you are. So before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Don't forget, if you need us, ronadunsitdown.com. If we're selling next year, we need to talk this year. We'll do something online. We'll virtually meet, and then we'll come out and see your property. We sell the sound, so we can come anywhere, you guys, and we are here to help. Also, we see inflation numbers. Those are getting better. Interest rates are getting better. So if you're thinking about buying, buy during the holidays. Some of the best deals that we have ever made have been from holiday buyers and holiday shoppers. And you wake up in the spring and you're like, wow, if I would have bought this thing in the spring, I might have paid $100,000 more. So buying during the holidays, a couple of years ago, we bought a house right on Thanksgiving. Uh, we buy a lot from Thanksgiving on, Christmas, the New Year, Kwanzaa, all that stuff, all the way through kind of the third week in January. If people are on this time of year to sell, it's because they need to be on. It's a great time of year for you to sell a house. Okay. Real important. So uh, before we get rolling here, Ron, happy Thanksgiving uh, to you. And I know as we are recording this right now, you're on some travels. So uh, what do you, what do you, what are you thankful for as you kind of reflect on this year in your life? Uh, You know, the biggest thing that I am thankful for is one year ago today on Thanksgiving, uh, my dad was in the ICU after having emergency That's open heart right. surgery. And so I was just talking to my mom and dad last uh, weekend and my mom said, Hey, it's been one year. Mm. And so if uh, I, I dropped everything, my dad went in the hospital for a, unre- a different thing and, um, was having a reaction to some meds that they were putting him on. And the doctor said, we're taking him to surgery right now. So it went from a regular doctor visit, uh, to open heart surgery in the matter of maybe two or three hours. And so I jumped on a plane. They live in Florida. So I immediately jumped on a plane and, and was grateful that I was able to do that and had a job where I was able to do that and was there when he awoke the day after surgery. You actually helped with the open heart surgery, I understand. Right? You, <laughs> no, you, I did you, not. You, you held the rib spreaders. So. It was, uh, so I'm thankful that he's doing very good. Like, he is doing well. Like a, a lot, uh, like remarkably good. So he's able to go down to the pool He's been, uh, one of the things that I so think good. was great is they, uh, his doctor prescribed for him, and I think the prescription just ran out, but I wish they would renew it. They have this um, cycle. It's it's not like a Peloton. You sit in a chair, you know, he's in his 80s, so you sit like in a kitchen chair, and it has a couple pedals and some different workout 
apparatus on this deal, but there's a TV screen on it, like a Peloton, and you have a, a therapist, like a physical therapist. And she's in Colorado, and we, of course, lived in Colorado. So they would pop up on the screen, and he just loved hanging out with his therapist every week. And so they would do the exercises uh, and really, really helped him. So that's the, the number one thing that I am thankful for is that he's around to have another Thanksgiving and that we're not going back to the ICU this year. Yeah, and you'll see them You'll see them during the holidays, won't you? I'm, I will be there for Christmas, yes. Yeah. That's what about great. you? What are you uh, thankful for? You know what? I, I, uh, I won't get – yeah. This time of year, last year, and 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 I think I can share some of this uh, for the parents out there. Maybe you've been through this. Uh, my my son had been to see the doctor, and he had a little chubby fat on him. And I think when we first saw that, we thought, "Hey, he'll grow out of this." And then through COVID, he wasn't growing out of it. And then it was pretty apparent in talking to a counselor and talking to his doctor that that childhood obesity. Uh, was beginning to set in and if that sets in when a when a when a child is young uh parents sometimes you start food shaming you put your kid on a diet you don't know what to do you want to help them but you don't know what to do and so i i was in that predicament and the great thing about my therapist is she um not only dealt with with athletes and with food disorders yeah, yeah, and 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 public people. So that's why I like talking to her. And I I didn't really understand food disorders, so she helped me understand that. And so we really worked on the conversation and maybe the way that I would help and introduce my son to to exercise and to maybe changing his palate and eating differently without shaming him. And he was being bullied at school. He's bullied at school. Uh, toward the end of his time at elementary school. And then when COVID happened, he really began to struggle. And when he went back to school, wow, it was, it was, it was sixth grade was very, very, not that sixth grade is easy for anyone. It's very, very difficult. And so, and, and so I saw this happening last year and I thought, you know, the, the first part of the year, this, this is when I really began to, to talk to his doctor and, and, and talk to my therapist and try to figure out a plan. And so the first part of the year, I was, I was going through pictures last night. I was looking for something else. And I found these pictures of him. Uh, and it's, it's the first time that, that we went to the gym together. And the first time that we went to the gym together, our goal, and I would get on the treadmill next to him, was to see if we could together just walk a quarter of a mile. So we got on the treadmill, we turned it up to three miles an hour, which is a pretty slow walk, and we just walked uh, a quarter of a mile. And so that's where it all started. Um, If you fast forward and you look at the year that he's had, uh, he... And, and I'll just fast forward here without going through all of it. Um, he goes to the gym with me now. We were there last night and he, he ran <laughs> four miles on that treadmill last night. We have a race coming up, a trail race coming up in early December, December 2nd, a couple Saturdays. It's a five mile trail race. And I never dreamed in my life 
uh, that this time last year when we were, when I was thinking about helping him and talking about food and the way that we would eat, uh, setting up goals, you watched him change as he played. His transformation has been remarkable yeah, this year. You watch him be able to play football and some of the last games that we played, because there was two seasons we played this year. It was really wonderful when one of the coaches came over and just said, man, because he's playing the Mike linebacker where you rush all the time and you have to run. And, and he was relentless. And the coach came over and told him, said, hey, you are. And, and so, a couple other people came up and told him that, how relentless and great it was. And he wouldn't have been in the shape to do that. And, and so the bullying at school has stopped. His diet has changed. He really thinks about the way that he eats. Doesn't mean that we didn't have a smash burger last night and some French fries. But we're thoughtful. I, I can tell that the changes that he he put in some work saw the change and that motivated him. Yes, yeah. And so I think before uh, he didn't see any the changes he was seeing were negative. Yep. And so that dismotivates you. Yeah. He I could show him a couple things and he grabbed it, and I made sure that we went slowly. I didn't go at a Don O'Neill speed, which I'm not used to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm grateful for that too, for, yeah. for both of you guys. Yeah. I, I'm really, I really am. You did a good job on that because you've come a, a long way in having to mature yourself and, and a way to yeah. deal with that that wasn't yeah. punitive. Thanks for that. And, and to hear him up playing his guitar last night, being in the School of Rock, going over to your house the other day, picking your guitar up, having the confidence to play that in front of you. Uh, switching instruments at school and taking on not only the trumpet, but the tuba now, seeing himself as a musician. You helped us with a tutor. Uh, he's, he's, his grade in algebra has, has already, it's, it's, he, he, you know, he sat with Charlie, the tutor last night, your friend, and you could just see the light bulbs going off. And he came out of there. He said, I feel so good about myself right now that the algebra is done. And I, I, and, and then when I go in the gym now, like even on the days where I won't see him, he's walking from middle school and he's going down and he's doing his own workouts without me. And a, a couple times the guys at the gym have called me and said, hey, your, your son's here. And I'm like, cool. And I'll text him. I'm like, hey, you need me up there? He goes, no, I got it. So, um, so thrilled with that. Thrilled to see him grab his own health and wellness and uh, carry that into 2023 and 2024. So, so thankful for that. We will see you on this Thanksgiving Day edition of the Ron and Don Show in 60 seconds. Hey, you guys, guess what I'm doing? Uh, as soon as I get done with this podcast today, I'm going to Les Schwab because I had the fall tire sale. Do you know, I went to the fall tire sale back in 2015 when I bought my 4Runner. I've had these tires on the truck ever since, uh, and they're the open road country tires. And this is what's really cool. I've been driving since 2015. The truck has 72,000 miles on it. 72,000 miles on a set of tires. And now it's time to go get some new tires and run at the full tire sale. They got a heck of a deal going on, right? They do. You can save up to $250 when you buy a set of four select tires. So schedule an appointment right now at LesSchwab.com, or you can stop by any location here in the Puget Sound area. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1950. Hey, it's Ron and Don here. I hope it's sinking in that this is the new normal for real estate. Interest rates are not going back to 2.75%. They're just not. Uh, that was artificially suppressed uh, by the government, and now they've taken that suppression off. This is the new rate. What does that mean? Well, if you've been standing on the sideline, 
waiting for interest rates to come back down before you make a move, this is your sign that that strategy is not going to work. Don, as soon as real estate interest rate prices come down even a percentage, a flood of people from the sidelines is going to jump back in, and it's going to be another frenzy here in the Pacific Northwest. I hope you reach out to us. Start a strategy right now at ronandonsitdown.com. Yeah, and if you're thinking about buying... Think about buying and adding doors to the property that you're going to buy. If you're thinking about getting into multifamily, I love multifamily because multifamily means multi-checks. And it used to be in the city of Seattle, if you bought a single family home, you couldn't add more doors to it. You can make really almost any property in the city of Seattle, a multifamily property, even if it's in a neighborhood or it's a single family home. You could add two ADUs to your property. I just helped a couple do that up here on Queen Anne. Uh, you could take an old craftsman, turn it into a triplex. I own a number of those. So instead of having a rent check come in every month that's $3,500 or $4,000, I have three rent checks coming in every month for $3,500 or $4,000 for that particular property, right? unbelievable. So the city is really encouraging us to live higher and denser. And you know what? If you own a piece of property in the city of Seattle and you want to add doors and add checks, just reach out to us, reach out to me, reach out to Ron at ronanddonsitdown.com. More of the guys coming up in just a minute. All right, you guys, welcome back to to the Ron and Don show. It's Thanksgiving. And and I think this is so important as, as we think about our parents and the way that we were parented. I think to understand the different generations that have gone before. And one of the best things that I learned in counseling is about releasing expectation and extending grace. And you're going to have some parents maybe around the table today or some relatives around the table today or, or maybe some siblings around the table today that don't understand that you now have boundaries or you've gone through some self-discovery. And and I know that I have certainly felt that way at times. I think the hardest thing sometimes is when the, the parent or the person that raised you is not there because maybe they've passed on. And so there's no way to pick up the phone or send an email or write a letter and have a conversation about something that you see now as you got older that you feel like as an adult, and maybe you're a parent yourself, and you're like, wow, that, that really affected me. So this is really interesting on, on, on BuzzFeed. They ask for people to share normal things that they learn from their parents that are actually uh, pretty toxic. And I'm going to share some of these things, and I'm going to see if they resonate with Ron or, or they resonate with you. Uh, thing number one, the need to always feel productive. You can't really sit down. If you sit down, you should be folding laundry or organizing something. The house must be spotless. The yard must be pristine. Even if there's only one person doing it, there's no time for yourself. That's frivolous. Anything short of this is laziness. It's the ultimate sin. And this person said, I'm literally sick from living that way. The guilt of self-care is getting gut-wrenching for me. Uh, that one it did resonate with me. I think there is this cult of productivity. It, it didn't come from my parents as much as from culture especially uh, in these last 10 to 15 years of constantly feeling like that you have to do everything all the time. And it's really, I'm glad to see some people lampooning 
uh, you know, all of these morning routines that got out of control where it's like, if, if you did everything that everyone says to do in your morning routine, it's afternoon, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's midnight. Right. So I, I think, um, that definitely that, like there are times where I've had to give myself permission to be like, I'm going to sit here and, and, and like actually eat lunch. Like for, especially when we were in our radio careers for so long, everybody ate at their desk. Like there, there was no such thing as I'm going to take an hour. The sales staff would, they oh, yeah. would go out for three martini lunches, but if you were on air or you were on deadline, like you, and I still do that a lot to this day where it's like, if we have some real estate stuff going on, That's I'll good. make a lunch. I sit at my desk while I'm doing yeah. I'm eating while I'm doing my, I ate breakfast at my desk this morning. I'm not proud of it. Um, I, I'm trying to break that. So I'm totally, um, affiliate with that. Happened one. to me today. You, you, you said, I'm going to, we had a meeting and then right after the meeting, you said, I'm going to throw my shoes on and I'm going to come over and we'll record the podcast. And I'm like, another, a prior version of myself would have said, absolutely. Throw it, get on. We gotta, and then, and then, and then I thought, no, I need a moment. We, we've been in this meeting I've been with my son getting ready for school this morning. I need to eat. I need to sit. I'm going to sit at a table. I'm going to make lunch. I'm going to enjoy that. And I'm going to turn on the TV and I'm going to watch a show I like on ESPN. I used to feel guilty for doing something silly. That may sound silly to people, but but I do that now. And then that way, when you, were, when you came over, I was fed. I wasn't grumpy. Uh, and here we are doing the podcast. So I, th- I think making boundaries and making time for yourself and actually sitting down and enjoying a meal and tasting it and chewing it. I think, I think that's really important. Uh, what about this? The important people in your life should read your mind and know what you want them to do without asking. <laughs> uh, this person said, it's absolutely not true. You need to set boundaries, voice your concerns and desires, communicate to other people what you want. Uh, not just what expect people want you to do and be be mad at them when they don't do it or perform the way you'd like them to perform. Yeah, I mean, this one uh, is a hard for a lot of people to um, learn. I, I think there is this romantic ideal that like, if you really knew me and if you really loved me, you would understand what I need right now. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, that it's normal to have something negative to say about everyone you know as soon as they leave any sort of gathering. This person writes, I always thought it was totally normal. When I got a partner and I went somewhere with their family for the first time, I was actually amazed that they only had positive things to say when they left. <laughs> My third, first thought was, when are you guys going to start shit canning this person? Uh Thankfully, I didn't say it out loud. Occasionally, they might have a little gossip or vent, but usually it, it's always for a decent reason, not just because it's what people do, which was my family's justification for doing it. Every time we loaded up in the station wagon, we'd start shit canning uh, the people that we just saw. So what do you say about that? I, I say I've had people like that in my life, and I just I, I have to push away from them. Uh, there are people that you meet and know, and, and, and it's not really in my family, so I'm grateful for that. But people that are always doing that, and you're just like, dude, I can't, I can't take it. Yeah. Like, I can't every, every day. Like, I, I had a friend that was constantly going on about work, and it's like, you seem like you hate your job. And I actually had this conversation. I was like, I will talk to you about how to find a new job. I'll talk to you about if you want to write a resume. Yeah. I will talk to you about what, how to look for a new job, how to go to a career counselor. I do not want to hear 
the same story about the same people every day. It doesn't change. And I'm not here for you to just dump that stress every day. And if you do that in the car, especially when you're leaving a a family gathering and your kids hear that your kids will grow up doing that. They, they just will. They, they will pair at the same behavior. I have noticed because I'm not a perfect parent. You guys, when I've done that in the past, I, I saw a very young version of my son pick up on that, and I'm like, ooh. Got to nip nip that. Yeah. That's hey, can me- I add one on this list that I thought of? Sure. That in, 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 for my family, there was two. One is, is clean your plate. Uh, you you love to talk about clean your plate. We don't talk about that one. Uh, the, the other one was we don't talk about money or religion. Oh, yeah. And, and that was a thing where ah, bah, 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 we don't. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about religion. I carried that into my, I I bet your son right now in junior high is more financially literate than I was in my 20s. I, I, because certainly more than I, we never would talk about money. Yep. We never would talk about whether it was tight or not. It was just, Hey mom, can I get new cleats? No, we can't afford it. And as I never knew why, I didn't know mm. how they made money. I didn't know where the money went. Yeah. I didn't understand what a mortgage was. Yeah. I just didn't know. It was either yeah. we can't afford it or you can't afford it. And then a lot of times there would be guilt associated totally. with, well, it's football season and I need a pair of cleats and my feet are bigger than they were last year's season and I don't fit in those old cleats anymore and you'd be made to feel bad. Mm. And so, and then we just, And we never talked about belief systems where it's like, okay, well, I have a friend that's Catholic and we went to the Methodist church. Like, how are they different? Why are they different? Is their God the same as the God that we talk about? Should there, should we even talk about God? What about the Muslim guy? Or like there was off limits. Just could not talk about it. And so what about uh, sex? Could you talk about sex? uh, No, no, that, that as well was, was not that you couldn't talk about. We just didn't talk about it. Yeah. And so, um, I think I've gone out of my way, especially in the last couple of years, to normalize some financial talks. Like when I, I did some stuff, I paid off my condo last year and I, I had some friends where I was like, I want to normalize like old me would have been, would have never brought this up, uh, would have felt bad to try and celebrate about it. Yeah. Like I was spiking the football or something or trying to be condescending. I was like, I'm going to, that's a big deal. Yeah. And so when I, I would go to a happy hour or, or out to a meal with some friends, I was like, you know what? I just want to, Say I'm really had this big life event happened. I want to celebrate it, not in a in a normalized way that I think we should be able to talk about these things. Yeah. And, and I don't know if your family was that way, but I I feel like I'm a disservice, and I'm I'm glad that like your son is different in that of like we can talk about money yeah. and where it comes from and what you do with it and how to think about it. Now I'll just piggyback off this. It, it, this says to wait until marriage, to have sex. None of us kids did. And it turned out that my parents were lying about their own situation too. Uh, same here. And I remember asking my father how an egg was fertilized and he told me you do it with Scotch to turf builder is what he told me. <laughs> Jeez. So he joking he, or he was like serious. That's what he told me. And then it became a big thing at family parties, and everybody would laugh and laugh and laugh. Guess what Donald asked the other day? He asked how the egg was fertilizer, and, and what did I tell you? And he'd make me repeat that. That's how I remember it. So we, so we, never, we never talked about that. We never talked about abortion. We never talked about politics. I didn't know a Democrat from a Republican. 
Even when I got older, I was engaged to a woman for a very long time. When I brought her home, I was not allowed to stay in my mother's house with the woman. Uh, if I was going to stay in the house, I would have to stay in separate bedrooms. And it's like it's during the holidays and I didn't bring my fiance to come stay in a separate bedroom. She's my fiance. So I had to check into a hotel. Nobody thought anything was weird about that. Uh, but when my mother was single, I know that she saw other men cause I, cause I saw her do it. And, and even to this day, like when my mom would come visit here, if, if I had a girl over or someone that I was dating, they, they, they could not stay here with me if there's somebody without her getting very, very uncomfortable about it. And I have an apartment in the basement she could stay at. I could have had one out back, but it was the, the, the whole sex thing and who you can have sex and who you very, very controlling about that, about who you can and can't have sex with, the religion part of it, but never talking about it, ne- never having a conversation about intercourse. And, um, and, 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 and Jesus is Jesus. And, and, and there's, you know, my son asked me the other day, do you believe in Jesus? I said, man, that is a really good conversation. We're in the car. I'm dropping off at school. I said, let's do this. Let can, can I make an appointment to talk about Jesus tonight with you? And I'm going to tell you what I think about Jesus. And I want to know what you think about Jesus too. We had that conversation and the conversation is still ongoing. And it was a two hour conversation that we had that night. So I, I, I do want to say this as I went through this list, I think it's really important because there are things right now as a parent, I know that I'm getting wrong. And I've shared this with my, I said, Hey, when I'm, when we get older and I hope to be around a long time, but when I'm dead and in the box and you're still around, there's some things that I got wrong and I ask that you extend me grace. And it's certainly with our parents and our grandparents. And that's the way that I open this conversation, extending them grace, releasing expectation, understanding that that's probably they're doing the best they can with the house that they grew up into. Many of them were raised by World War II parents, bootstrappers, Great Depression, all that stuff. And there were, you couldn't go out on the Internet and learn about Republicans and Democrats. There, there wasn't 24-hour news. There was three channels. So we just have more information today, the more experiences today, more conversation today, which I think is a very, very good thing. And I don't think that we can always hold that against our parents. So Let's extend grace, love, and appreciation this holiday season, and we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him as Mitch.loans. Mitch, let's be honest, interest rates have been higher than they have been for the past couple years, but we're still seeing inventory. We're still seeing sales. What is happening right now if I just want to be a standard every day? I want to buy a house. Maybe it's my first house. Well, if it's your first house, there's still a lot of great products for first-time home buyers. You can put as little as 3% down. Often, with a little more negotiating now, you can also get a seller to buy down some of those costs that have come with being a first-time home buyer. And it's a great time to buy. Honestly, rent is 100%, as we've talked about. You're giving all your money to the landlord. Even if you're paying 8%, that is 92% better than what you're paying <laughs> with rent. It so, is. So, uh, Mitch can help you out if you're a first-time buyer. Uh, you can go ahead and just go to Mitch.loans, talk to him, figure out if you qualify for one of these programs, and then start your real estate journey. You're not going to regret looking back in five or 10 years and going, wow, I could have bought in 2023. Why didn't I do that? So stop waiting, get in the game, go to Mitch.loans. 
Okay, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We were gonna we we're gonna say something about real estate, and we're we're just talking about it on a real estate only show on Friday because it is the holidays. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and uh, we are thankful for you listening to the show. I tell you what, I'm not thankful for is uh, the elf on the shelf, okay? And this is the time of year where if you read the damn book, Dingle or Kringle, they show up. And here's the thing. If you've never done the elf before and you start doing the elf, there's going to be so much pressure put on you because the elf has to move every damn day. You got to move that elf every day. And when your kid sees the elf and you got to give it a name and there's a book and you got to buy the book and the elf and then the elf has all kinds of freaking clothes. And and, and if you don't move that elf, your kid is going to get on you. And I'm going to tell you what, Aunt Susie and Uncle Bobby are going to be over. You're going to have a little too much uh, 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 brandy and eggnog. And the one time that you forget to move the elf, you're going to look up in the corner. You're going to see the elf. They're going to see it before they are. And then they're going to want to know, why didn't Dingle move last night? And now you're in a situation. Because he's supposed to go back to the North you are Pole. Now in a right? situa- you are now in a situation. where, And if kids are in the car, good. They should be listening to this. All right? Santa Claus is real. We all know that, kids. When it comes to the elf on the shelf, F the elf. That's what I'm saying. F the elf on the shelf because you got to move that thing every night and then your kids are going to co- go on TikTok because kids go on TikTok when they're five and they're going to see all the different clothes and all the cool different things that the elf does and then as a parent you're going to have all kinds of pressure you got to get the skis for the elf right and then the elf has to have a girlfriend so you got to get Mrs. Elf and then the elf has has to have different hats for the time of day and then the next thing hey, this goes on and on and on and on Do you have you seen where my elf on the shelf is? Hopefully in the garbage. No the elf on the shelf is down on a mirror and every time someone walks in and they're like why why it's like that elf has been down there four years on the mirror it's the last time that i moved the elf it's the last time that my son busted me and it's the last time that we had to have a formative conversation about parents lying to their children during the holidays and again Santa is real, and I just told him, when you stop believing Santa, he stops showing up. But when it comes to the elf, I'm t- I, if, 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 there's a mirror down there, and you'll see him park there. He's just hanging from the mirror. He has been hanging from that mirror for four. I, you you so, haven't seen him? So time out. Because everybody that has walked in is seeing the effing elf on the shelf, and I'm telling you, as a parent, when you've had too much eggnog and brandy and you don't move that thing, your kids are going to make you pay. And then you get into a circle of lying to them. You start lying to them, and then you're like... This is supposed to be the time of year of Jesus and Yuletide and Santa Claus is already its own thing that we know about. And then they start seeing that certain things don't line up. And again, because if you're listening in the car right now and you're five, Santa is real, of course, and Mrs. Claus and North Pole, all that stuff. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yeah, he's taking some years off, and you don't always see him flying with the guys in the sleigh, but he gets sick every once in a while. So he can't, and I know that he hasn't grown over the years. He's still very small, but that's the way, uh, that's the way it is in the North Pole, kids. When it comes to the elf on the shelf, I, it, it will wear you the hell out. That's a great way to end this episode. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. In a moment of sincerity, I am thankful for all the people that have followed us from Trustor Radio over to this podcast and have trusted us to be a part of one of their biggest decisions of their life, which is to buy or sell a piece of real estate. I, I truly am sometimes really flabbergasted by that. Uh, Don and I get up every day and we 
try to go above and beyond for people and do our very best uh, day in and day out. And sometimes you don't feel like it, but we do it anyway. And so I'm, I'm truly grateful for everyone that's in the Ronadon Nation. Sometimes I do it every other day. <laughs> hey, if you need us, reach out, ronadonsitdown.com. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Let's extend grace to each other, but let's have boundaries at the same time and self-care and stand up for ourselves. And just know as parents, uh, we're probably getting things wrong too, and that grace will have to be uh, extended to us when we're dead and in the box, right? Anyway, as Ron said, we appreciate you. Thanks for making us your friends, your broadcasters, and your real estate agents. We hope today is just a magical, amazing day. And uh, for those that say the thanks has been taken out of Thanksgiving, I don't feel that way. I don't see that. Uh, that's not the way uh, my world is, and it's certainly not the way that it is when we see you out in public and we get to meet and connect with you. We're all just so thankful. Thanks for stopping by Les Schwab, dropping off a toy during the holidays. The holiday toy drive is on. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show on this Thanksgiving only. Only. I almost said the Ticket 1050. That was a radio show we were on in 1997. (laughs) I'll say it. Only on the Ticket 1050, kicking your ass around the bay with Ron and Don. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network. (laughs) 